This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, I'm recording this show on July 3rd. Uh, so that's the day before the 4th of July, huh? Did you work that out? Uh, and you will uh, undoubtedly be hearing a few bangs and pops and booms. Uh, in the background as I do the show. Uh, neighbors are, you know, they're, well, they've been getting a head start on launching fireworks since June 1st. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're launching them now. And they're all illegal stuff. The launching stuff, that's illegal here in Minnesota, but that's, you know, it's okay. And on the 4th, it's, it's fine, but, I mean, from June 1st? Please. Anyway, um, You'll be undoubtedly hearing that. Uh, uh, this 4th of July sees America having some uh, some interesting times. Uh, we're in the middle of the pandemic. You know, COVID is still a thing, y'all. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. And, uh, you know, the economy has uh, suffered because of that. A lot of people are out of work. Uh, things are opening up again, but the virus is uh, on its way back up. Uh so, you know, things are happening. <laughs> uh, we've had the unrest of um, yeah, the, uh, the, the second wave, if you will, of uh, Black Lives Matter, which seems, at this time, seems like the country is ready to listen. Uh, it wasn't quite ready when Black Lives Matter first became a thing. And now it seems that uh, the country is starting to listen. I mean, they're even... Uh, there's, they're re, uh, um, re-examining the name of the Washington Redskins. There are sponsors, they're saying, yeah, it's time to change the name. Uh, I saw a, uh, um, a headline from The Onion, their sports page from The Onion, that said uh, the Washington Redskins are, to, are uh, to change their name to the, the D.C. Redskins. <laughs> See? What they did, going from Washington Redskins to D.C. Reds, because it's Washington D.C. Anyway, it's pretty funny though. The Onion does a good job of the satire headlines and, and such. They they really do. Anyway, so um, I have faith that the better angels of our nature will see us through, and I'm an atheist. <laughs> so um, anyway, if you hear some bangs and pops in the background. Well, now you know why. Uh, there is the tradition that we have in our family here. It goes back not that far. Five years now, maybe? Maybe this will be the fifth year? Not quite sure. 
And the tradition is Amy paints my toenails. Yep, normally I paint my toenails, but on this one day of the year, she paints. No, no, no. Normally I don't paint my toenails. It's just this one day of the year, she paints my toenails. A uh, number of years ago, maybe five, not sure when this started, I was barefoot, which is about as naked as I get, unless I take a shower. Uh, and uh, or I'm changing my clothes, you know, you know how that goes. Uh, and so I was barefoot, and she was painting her toenails, and I just, I either I said it or Hayden said it or somebody just one of the three of us said, hmm, let's paint Dad's toenails, or I said paint my toenails, and she did. And now every year on July 4th she paints my toenails. Although I think last year we forgot for a couple of days, hey, you didn't paint my toenails, and so she did it. So it was a little off, but the tradition still held. And the toenail polish lasts on my big toes usually until the end of January, beginning of February. And it grows, you know, through toe clippings and rubbing and all that. It finally is gone. Usually by the uh, end of January or beginning of February. So, what traditions do you have in your house? Do you think we're weird? Uh, I We have uh, two new members to the family, the Fitzsimmons family. Uh, no, no, we didn't adopt children or have kids, or nobody that I know of in the family's had kids, and no, no more pets. No, it's much like when we got the new vacuum cleaner. We have we have two new uh, thing, uh, two new items in the family. Uh, went out and uh, spent some of the stimulus money on a new lawnmower and a uh, weed whacker. Um, it was just time, and I'm and I've gone like Bob Dylan. I'm gone. I've gone electric. And that's I just you know the lawnmower that we had was gas powered lawnmower. Had it for about 19 years. Last couple of years it was just starting to get a little more temperamental. Doesn't want to start. I'd have to keep babying that thing. And, and I'm not a I'm not a engines kind of guy. I'm not mechanical in that that way. I don't know. My younger brother is pretty good with them. Um, in fact, he's, I think he's very good with them. So, But uh, me? Nah, nothing. No, I'm an artist and a janitor. What do I know? But, uh, yeah, so we, I just thought... A friend of mine had just gotten a new lawnmower, and he, he went electric as well, and his is a little a little more fancy than, than mine. Uh, it has a self-propelled aspect to it. And I, I you know, personally, I prefer the, the push. You know, I don't, I don't want to self-propelled. My my dad has one, which used to be my in-laws, but they didn't need it anymore. And so we gave it to my parents. And um, and I use that when I go over and cut dad's grass. Um, and it works fine. I you know I, I But you have to sort of adjust how you cut grass if you're used to using a, a straight push behind kind of thing. And that's what I'm used to. So, um, yeah. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> it's new that I haven't even had a chance. I've gotten the the weed whacker, uh, the battery charged, and gave that a, a whiz. Uh, it's a one of those things where you can change the position of the of the head of it, so it can be a trimmer and an edger. So uh, I haven't had a chance to really put it to the test. A little a little test, but I mean really put it through its uh, you know shake you know put it through its. Uh, 
tasks. I don't know what the word I'm thinking of. I'm trying to find. I can't. I can't get it. And the lawnmower. Well, the the battery's charged up, but I just haven't had a chance to hook everything up and get it all set up and running. Um, we'll we'll see how that works. And my son was kind of happy that uh, to find out that it wasn't self-propelled because he he uses uh, he would use our lawnmower when the two of us would go over and cut the grass over at my my dad's my mom and dad's place. And uh, I said, well, you'll like this one because um, well, it's, a, it's not a self-propelled. He said, good. And then he says, also, you just push a button and it starts. You don't have to pull some cord or anything. So we'll see how it works. Got a headlight on it. Um, looks pretty slick. So we'll see. We'll see how well it works and uh, we'll see if it lasts 19 years <laughs> like this other one did. Okay. Um, well, that's the preliminaries. Now I have to get to... A little, uh, little something here, uh, and it's it's uh, it's one of these. It's very possible that I've talked about one of these things oh, not that long ago. I have some recollection of talking about it, but I don't. I, I can't find it in the notes. So if I did, bear with me. It's uh, it's it's uh, I'm gonna go over it again if I have if I haven't well hey okay here we go and I'm sure my listener will let me know if she recognizes that I've talked about this before this arg that I have is is it, it, these it's riddles that have been going around the internet and I've seen two and the thing that really bothers me about these two riddles is that. They're 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 crap. <laughs> they're, they're bad riddles. Um, you 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 read through the riddle, you give an answer, and the person who posted it on the social media says, "No, that's not the answer." Okay, then how is that not the answer? Oh, it's all everything's there for you. No, it's not. Here's the first one. <clears throat> I'll read it. Mister Smith had four daughters. Each daughter had four brothers. How many children does Mr. Smith have? Now, four daughters. Each had four brothers. So, you know, if you asked each daughter, how many brothers do you have? They'd each say four. They're the same four brothers. Right? So you got four daughters, four brothers, Four and four is eight. Mr. Smith has eight kids. And that you answer eight, and the person who posted it says, no, that's not the answer. And then you start pulling your hair out of your head, saying, well, why isn't that the answer? And they say, oh, it's all there. And then you start, does the verb tense have something to do with it? The fact that it says Mr. Smith had four daughters, and they had and those daughters had four brothers. How many children does Mr. Smith have? Does the tense in that verb, you know, that possessive verb, does that have anything to do with it? And, you know, and so I, it goes round and round. And I got really upset about it on the, on the social media. <laughs> and I, I looked it up. I looked up the riddle. Well, the people who are sharing this, it's worded wrong. The, the, the wording of the riddle should be this way. Mr. Smith has four daughters. Each daughter has one brother. 
how many children does Mr. Smith have? Well, the answer to that is five. You know, each sister, you know, each of the daughters will say they have one brother. It's the same brother, right? So there's one brother, four, four daughters, four sisters, five kids. Okay, you know, that's I mean, that's what the answer is. That's a somewhat clever riddle. I mean, it gives you every all the information you need. You just need to pay attention. You don't you don't? But the tendency might be to say there are eight kids because you might you know think that there's four brothers. But no, there's just the one brother. It's the same brother for each sister. Make sense? So I go back and see that, and then uh, actually, and I, then, you know, and he'll forgive me for this, but it's my younger brother that got mad at me and said, "Would you stop ruining everything?" <laughs> my pedantic nature. <laughs> Would you stop ruining everything? It's zero. They're dead. What? They're dead? How do we? What? All eight of them are dead? How? What happened? <laughs> I said, "How? How could you? What?" How could you possibly glean that from the information that you got? That the kids, because he said had, and would, and and why would all of them be dead? He had four daughters, and they had four brothers. Maybe the it's just the four daughters who died, and the brothers are still alive. Then he still has four kids that are living. But does he not have kids? So if this sounds familiar to you, I'm sorry, but I had to go over this again because there's another one. I mean that's a that's a terrible riddle. It's, it does not give you all the information. There's some some information is withheld. How would you ever come to the conclusion that they died? How would you ever get there? So this next riddle is even more infuriating. I don't know what the answer is supposed to be to it. Because the answer could be, well, just about anything, I think. And here's how this one goes. <clears throat> i got to see how much time. Where am I at in the show here? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong page. <laughs> funny. I was looking at the time. Time series. Okay, I got some time. Uh, and, and that was behind the curtain looking. I was looking. I, I write down the times I'm supposed to take a break. And it's, I never start start the show at the same time, so I have to keep an eye on that. That's a little secret between you and me. Don't tell anybody. Okay. So um, the next riddle is uh, is worded this way. You enter a bedroom. There are 34 people. You kill 30. How many are in the bedroom? That, I, what would you, I don't even know, where, it's, where do you begin with that? Okay, uh, let's say it's me. I enter the bedroom, and it says there are 34 people. Are the 34 people in the bedroom? It just says there are 34 people. It doesn't say the 34 people are in the bedroom. They, are they in the same house? Are they in the same country? There are 34 people in the world. What, what, I mean, I, there are 34 people. What does that mean? And I kill 30. Do I kill 30 of the people? Do I kill 30 what? What, is, what information do I, you know, what, what does that mean? How many are in the bedroom? How many what are in the bedroom? How many people are in the bedroom? Because at that point, as far as I know, I'm the only one in the bedroom because I was told that I entered the bedroom. So I don't know if the 34 people are there. Am I included in the 34 people or am I in addition to the 34 people if those 34 people are in the bedroom? And of the 30, the 30 I killed, did I kill them and throw them out the window? Or are they still in the bedroom? Are there 35 of us in there? Even though I've killed 30 of them, they're still in the bedroom. It's a stupid riddle. 
And when my friend shared it, I said, you know, I don't even care what the answer is because this is stupid. It doesn't give you enough information. You, there's just no way to figure out this riddle. Because people were giving answers and you just kept saying, nope, nope, nope. Well, then, ah, screw that. <laughs> it just, you know, am I being too, I don't know, obtuse in this? I, there are, thir you enter a bedroom. There are 34 people. You kill 30. I mean, I must have been having a bad day. <laughs> if it's me. How many are in the bedroom? That's those, that's it. Quote, that's it. That's exactly, that's exactly what it was read. So, as far as I know, I'm the only one in the bedroom. Is that the answer? What the hell is all the rest of that stuff about? It just really bothered me. <laughs> it's just, I just looked at that and said, that is plain stupid. Now, I should give you some riddles that do make sense. But before I do that, I'll tell you this riddle that's silly. This is a riddle that I remember from, from being a little kid and hearing this riddle. It's just silly. It's a wordplay kind of thing. It, and it, you know, here, here's how it goes. You are in a room. There are no windows or doors. The only things in the room other than yourself is a mirror and a wooden log. How do you get out of the room? Well, it's easy. You look in the mirror, you see what you saw, you grab the saw, you cut the log in half, you take the two halves, put them together, make a hole, and you crawl out the hole. See? <laughs> Which, you, you don't look into a mirror and see what you saw. You see now. You don't see into the past when you look in a mirror. It's just you see the reverse of what you of your world. You don't see what you saw, and you can't pull a saw out of air. It's that's it's just silly. It's just wordplay, being silly. That's all that is. There are two other riddles that I'm going to give you. I'll give you the one before I go on the break. You can cogitate on it and think what the answer is. Uh, this comes from the uh, Columbo television series from the way back when version of the series, not the when he got back and did more. You know, I've talked about before where it was more murder she wrote than it was Columbo. It just didn't feel right. At least the episodes I'd seen. So, in this, uh, uh, in this episode, there's a murder that takes place in a, uh, a club of uh, Mensa-type people. You know, they meet at this building, this mansion that's set aside for them or something, and or they own, and they all meet in there, and they all have this really high IQ people, and, and one of the one of the dudes kills his, his another fellow in the club who happens to be his business partner, their accountants or something. And, um, and Columbo comes in to try to solve it. And it's, you know, you know how the Columbos go. We, the viewer, know who did it. The fun is to watch how Columbo catches them, how he slowly works his way to getting whatever evidence he needs to nail them. And he always works with the person that did it, and he's always coming back and asking him questions and things. So this, this genius guy is really impressed with Columbo. And so he, he's, he gives them a, a riddle to see if he could figure out this. It's a minimum information riddle. 
He's, so you have uh, you, you 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 in this in the room. You have several sacks of gold coins, and he says as many as you like, with as much gold coin as many gold coins as you like in each sack. Doesn't matter. And and you know that uh, that one of the sacks of gold is actually artificial gold, and and you know also that. The, the 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 authentic gold coins they each weigh a pound and then they decide you know the artificial gold coins each weigh a pound and one ounce you have a scale what they call a penny scale you put a penny in there and you get one one weight reading you only have the one penny so you can only ask that scale once you can only use it once to figure out which of those bags has the artificial gold how do you solve that with that information? You do have all the information you need to solve that riddle. Uh, when I come back from the break, I'll have the answer for you. Don't Google it. <laughs> You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Talk Radio Network at ctalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back. Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Did you figure out that riddle? All right, let's review. You have a certain number of uh, gold uh, sacks of gold coins in a room. It can be as many as you like. And in each sack, of, there are uh, gold coins. There can be as many as you like in each sack of gold coins. One of those sacks has artificial gold. You know that the gold 
coins that are real gold, they each weigh a pound, and the ones that are the artificial gold weigh one pound, one ounce. How do you solve that riddle by using a penny scale and you just have one penny? How do you figure out which is the one sack with the artificial gold? How do you figure that out? Okay, now Colombo takes that problem away and works on it. And then he comes back just before he nabs the guy, reveals how you know, that he figured out how how the uh, the um, this guy killed his partner. Making see the thing is in this in this in this mystery, uh, the the killer set it up so it would that the the murder would sound as though it took place. Um, later than it actually did, and he could be with all the rest of the people, and it, they would be his alibi. He made it. He kills the guy with a silencer, and then he sets it up so it's you know it sounds like somebody, you know, like the guy got killed while he was with the rest of the group. Okay. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> the solution is this: Colombo comes back, and he's got three. Packages of, of uh, the, the coin candy, you know, it's metal, uh, you know, aluminum foil wrapped chocolate coins, you know, the, you know that is. So he's got three of them. He says it could be any number of sacks, if you said, uh, but let's say it's three. Okay, it's three. All right. So I come in, and he says, this is how you do it. And he says it was Mrs. Colombo that figured this out. You take you take one coin out of the first sack. You take two coins out of the second sack, and you take three coins out of the third sack, so on and so on, however number of sacks you have. But in this case, they're just using three. Then, because you, know, you did it that way, you've got six coins altogether. You know that the, the, real, the real gold weighs a pound, and the fake gold weighs one pound, one ounce. So, okay, so you take those six coins, and you set them on the scale. You put the penny in, you get the weight. If the weight comes out saying it's six pounds one ounce, that means it came the, the the artificial gold is in the first sack. If it's six pounds two ounces, it's in the second sack, and so on. And that was the solution. They thought, well, see, that's how it works. And I can remember, or I, I've seen uh, uh, clips of of Peter Falk uh, appearing on on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. He pops in there and and promotes the next episode of Columbo. And he says, oh, this one is going to be great because it's got a riddle on there. It's a really cool riddle. It's, a, you know, the solution's really great. It makes you think it's a real cool riddle. So, so that is a minimum information problem that has all the information that you do need to figure it out. It has it. And, you know, some people are good at riddles and they can figure that kind of thing out. The other two that I gave you, those first two examples, they don't. They're leaving out some kind of information for you to be able to figure it out. They're leaving out information. All right. Here's another one. This one's my favorite riddle because I remember it. <laughs> uh, you are in a room. There are two doors leading out of that room. All right. Uh, one door leads to instant death. The other door leads to freedom. You get out of the room, you get back to your life. Okay? But you don't know which door is which. Also in the room with you are two doormen. There's a doorman at each door. And what you know about these two doormen is one of the doormen will always answer any question he is asked with the truth. 
No matter what you, you ask the, that doorman a question, he will always tell you the truth. You know that. And there's the, the other doorman, he will answer every question with a lie. Any question, always with a lie. He will always lie. And you know that. Only thing is, you don't know which guard is, or which doorman is which. Okay, so you don't know which door leads out to, to freedom, and you don't know which of the doormen will always tell the truth and which one will always lie. You are allowed to ask one question to one of the doormen. What is the question you're going to ask? All right, what is that question? Now, all the information that you need is right there in the riddle. There's not a mirror, so you can see what you saw and cut it off log. There's not, that's not in there. You, you, you can ask one question. All right. All right. I'll give you, I'll, I'll still, I'll, I'll vamp a little bit to, you know, let you think about it for a little. Okay, okay, here's the answer. You go up to one of the doormen. Doesn't matter which one you go up to, because you don't know which one tells the truth. You don't know which one lies. You just go up to one of them, and you ask this question. Which door... Would the other doorman tell me leads to freedom? And whatever answer that doorman gives you, you go out the opposite door. You follow? Because if you ask the doorman who always tells the truth, which door the you know the other doorman's gonna tell you leads to freedom, or you know, he will lie. That other doorman will lie. So the truth-telling one will tell you that you know he'll give you the lie answer. You know because he says, "Which one will that guy tell me leads to freedom?" And he'll tell you what. what he, well, he, I'm telling you the truth. He's gonna. He's not. He's not gonna put it this way. He'll just tell you which door. But what's what he's thinking is, well, that guy's always gonna lie to you. So he's gonna tell you that the door that leads to death is the door that leads to truth. So I'm gonna tell you that he's gonna tell you the door that leads to death. You know, that's what I'm going to tell you. So you go over to the lying guy. If you went to him, he's always going to lie. And he's thinking to himself, well, that guy over there, he tells the truth. He's going to tell you that you know the actual door leads to freedom. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lie and tell you he tells you the door that leads to death. That one's going to lead to freedom. So you go to the opposite door. Okay? Hopefully I explained that well enough. And that's how it works. That's how you do a riddle. If you do a riddle in which you don't give... Uh, you know the kind of information that's needed. It, it, it's, it's impossible to figure out, and you end up doing this. At least I do. Ah, uh, next. Have a beer. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they got wrong this time. I have an audio clip to play for you on this one. Uh, while baseball has decided to... Well, they're trying to figure out how to get the season going because of the pandemic. And I guess they are going to play some sort of season. It's going to be 60 games... More, you know, like instead of 10 teams making the playoffs, I think it's going to be 16 teams will make the playoffs. Um, it's going to be, you know, just some different rules and things. It's, it's, I, I'm a little apprehensive about it because I'm not sure. I, I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands, but 
boy, it just—it still seems like it's a, uh, an iffy idea to get a sports things going, you know, especially with the COVID cases beginning to rise again, and that may be an artifact of the, of, of more testing being done. But I'm told that the percentages of the tests is increasing or something. I don't know. It's just I hear it's going up again. <laughs> so. It's like we're, we're still in the first wave. We haven't gotten through the second wave. We haven't even gotten out of the first wave yet. We're still in it. So cases are going up. Well, what are we going to do? <clears throat> well, we could wear masks. How about doing that? Anyway, um, so I've been trying to, you know, baseball is trying to get something going. And I've been trying to fill the gap with baseball. I know I've told you I've watched baseball games on YouTube. And there are other things on that are baseball-related on YouTube. And uh, the um, the MLB channel, the Major League Baseball channel, uh, has all kinds of specials and things on baseball. And they have this series called the you know Prime Nine, and it's the the nine best of something related to baseball. And it's nine because there's nine innings and nine players, so they do nine instead of a top ten list. They do a nine list, and they'll have like the 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 the, the nine best catchers in baseball. Uh, the nine uh, best, uh, you know, second baseman. They'll they'll have the the nine craziest, uh, you know, last plays or something. They have a whole series of them, and so they decided to do one of that's that's the nine greatest teams in the history of baseball. And they had a couple rules about these teams. Um, you know, they had to be a great team, obviously, but they had to have won a World Series. The team had that, that particular year. That that team could be a dynasty. Could be part of a team that had a, a successful five or six year run, where they went to the World Series. You know, th- you know, I don't know, three or four years out of that out of that stretch, and they won two of them. Well, one of those years where they won one of those World Series would be eligible to be picked, even though they were still a great team. They just didn't. They came up short with the World Series or something. So there was that. Uh, so there was that rule to it, and uh, yeah, and so now, so they did nine, and I'm going to run through the list of nine, and of course because well, just because of course, four of the nine teams are the hated Yankees, <laughs> you know, a particular year of the hated Yankees, and that makes sense because they were, they, you know, they've been historically a really good team, and because they've had money, <laughs> so anyway. So at number nine, it's the 1961 hated Yankees. That was the team that had Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle chasing Babe Ruth's home run record. Mantle, uh, his season ended when he was injured. Uh, he and you know just couldn't you know couldn't continue to play for the rest of the season. So he was sidelined by an injury. Uh, at that time that he went out of the, se- of the season, he had 54 home runs, and he might have been on if he would have stayed healthy that season. I think he might have broken the the record, which was 60 home runs in a season. Babe Ruth held that record. Well, Maris continued to play, and he continued to hit home runs, and he got to 61. Um, he had he had a, I think he had a few more games to in the season than Babe Ruth had, but still, 61 home runs, major achievement. Record stood for a long time until, until the juiced up uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa came along and broke it, and then. The even you know the juiced up uh, Barry Bonds came by and, and broke uh, Mark McGuire's record. Anyway, so that's uh, 61. The next uh, number eight team was the 1986 New York Mets. That was the Mets team that uh, 
beat the uh, Boston Red Sox in the World Series, and that was that crazy Game Six where the Red Sox were about to win their first World World Series in, in decades, but their relief pitching staff just puked all over themselves, and uh, and then there was that Buckner, you know, the ball went through Buckner's legs at first base, and that ended up, you know, it's just, you know, it wasn't Buckner's fault; it was the pitching staff that just could not lock down a win for the Red Sox. That was that that team. Number seven is the 1970 Baltimore Orioles. Not much to say about them except that was they had played in the World Series the year before in '69 and lost to the Miracle Mets, and they felt like you know they felt really bad about that. So their mission the next season was to get back to the series and win it, which they did. Uh, okay, now here. I'll finish out the list. Uh, six was 1909. That was the the Pittsburgh Pirates. Apparently, that was a good team. Uh, number five was the 1975 Cincinnati Reds. They were known as the Big Red Machine. They were a really powerful team, good good pitching, and they, they played in a great World Series against the Boston Red Sox, and that had a, a Game 6. That was crazy that Boston won to force a Game 7, but then they couldn't win the Game the four, game 7. Uh, next is at number four is 1939 Hated Yankees. You know, that was the uh, Joe DiMaggio team. You know, Joe DiMaggio was, uh, you know, he did some great stuff for him that year. Uh, let's see. Nine, number three was the 1929 Philadelphia Athletics. That was Connie Mack's team. Uh, he owned it and managed it. He, he never dressed as a player. He dressed in a suit. That's what I like to see in baseball again. I like to see the managers dressed in suits, not dressed up as players. It's, I don't know. Uh, number two, and of course the top two positions are the Yankees. Number two is uh, the 1998 hated Yankees. That was the Joe Torre and Derek Jeter and all those guys. And then and number one, of course, would have to be the 1927 hated Yankees. That was Murderers Row, Babe Ruth, uh, Lou Gehrig. It was just a, a great team. So, okay, nice list. Makes sense that the top two are the ones they picked, especially the 1927 uh, New York Yankees. They, they're a storied team and history and all that. But, okay, here's my pedantic moment. <clears throat> I'm going to play this little clip for you. Hopefully it doesn't sound too, uh, too uh, loud. We'll see. <laughs> okay, ready? All right, listen to this clip. Listen closely. This is the, the narrator for the show. They were going to uh, the next team on the list. They just talked about the, Balt the 1970 Baltimore Orioles, and they're going to talk about the next team on that list. Our next team takes us back in time. Okay, I'm going to play it again. It was a short clip. I'm going to play this clip, clip again. Are you, are you getting why I'm pedantic about this? That's okay. Let's play this clip again. Our next team takes us back in time. Really? Takes us back in time? Um, doesn't every team on your list take you back in time? You see, this series started in 2009. So, <laughs> every team, every every team, even if it was the team from the from the season before, you know, from 2008, even if it was a team from there, it takes you back in time. Every team is back in time. They're not saying our next team on the list is the 2031 Twins. They are fantastic. We got in our, 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 our time machine, went ahead to 2031 and watched the Twins you know, beat the Yankees every time they played them that season. And the rules had changed so they could play the Yankees in the World Series and then the Twins beat them. 100 to nothing every game. Finally beat the damn Yankees. 
<laughs> you know, no, it's every you're, every team is going back in time on this list. You needed a qualifier word. We're going to go back a hundred years in time. We're going to go back way back in time. You know, we're going to go we're going to go even farther back in time. But it's just, it, it's I, I just went to I said, well, yeah, you're going back in time. Every one of these teams. Yeah. I'm telling you, people would pay attention. Well, I've got up to my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimit Simmons. Sit tight, and I'll be back. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I have extended conversations with people who have been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, with the firework noises in the back, doing my best to ignore them. But, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I think I've done okay so far. I've also talked about this thing in the past. This one has another little element to it that I thought I'd bring up. I blogged about it earlier this week. On, uh, on my show notes page. Uh, to get to the show notes page, you just go to dimland.com and you click on the show notes. Uh, I will link to the blog that I did earlier this week uh, in that in those show notes. Um, so, 
I, I, you know, I go on YouTube every now and then, and it's, it has, uh, you know, like, the, you get right to that first page, it says, recommended for you, and there was a, a, a bit from Jimmy Kimmel, and it was one of those, it's, it's a staple of late night talk shows where they, they go out and they talk to the person on the street, the average American on the street, and and sometimes they ask them, you know, like Jay Leno would do the jaywalking thing, and he'd ask these very basic, very simple questions uh, that these people could not answer. You know, and and Jimmy Kimmel is doing the same kind of thing. He, he poses some challenge to them, and and they can't rise to the challenge. The most uh, the most uh, sorry challenge they came up with. I mean, just name a book, name any book. And they couldn't find anybody who could name a book. <sighs> you know. So, I've talked about these kinds of videos before. In that, I find them to be... that, that Well, that you should be skeptical of them. Because, uh, for the main reason is, the power of these things is in the edit. Jimmy Kimmel and the others that create these kinds of these videos, they can edit them any way they want to. They... You know, because we don't know how many people they talk to before they can find half a dozen who who are funny and uh, and cannot answer the simple question you know, uh, and, and you know, so we don't know how many people they go through well this particular video had uh, the challenge was to name a country on a map of the world any country now the map is laid out on a big piece of uh, board. It's got a blue background representing all the oceans. And the countries are all in white. They've got blue borders. And of course, they don't have their names on the countries. So people are going to have to recognize them by their borders. And, they, and the thing is, this, they, they, this was a second version of this video. And this, this, was, this was done in February of this year. And I just saw it the other day, and it you know, caught my eye, and I checked it out. Now, the reason this particular video came up in February, was because uh, Ted Cruz, prominent Republican, had seen an earlier version that they had done of this same challenge. They had done it like two years ago, and it was a you know they found six people that could not name a country on that map, uh, and in, at the at the end of that that bit, they found this middle school kid, I suspect Ringer who was naming off countries. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. And I suspect the kid was a ringer. And anyway, Ted Cruz saw that video, and he tweets about it, and he makes this claim that, uh, you know, this see, this is how you know, dumb Bernie Sanders supporters are. Now, Jimmy Kimmel says, we didn't know what politics these people had. We didn't know if they were supporters of Bernie Sanders or not. We had no idea. We didn't ask. It wasn't part of the thing. So we sent our people out again to do this again. But this time, we made sure that everybody we talked to was a Republican. Okay? So when they, they do it again, and they have they find six Republicans, and none of them can, can name a country. Now, in both videos, there were a few people that could point out Africa on the map. But then they were explained, well, that's not a country, that's a continent. Can you name a country in Africa? And they, they would all say, well, no. And i gotta, I got to confess to you guys. I could probably point out three 
maybe four countries in in Africa. Uh, and you know, and I'm, it's kind of I'm, it's kind of embarrassing to say that, but maybe I didn't even check to see if I was right on this. I, I mean, the two of them are easy. There's Madagascar, which is that little island that sets off uh, the uh, the uh, uh, what would that be the the eastern the southeastern coast of Africa, and then there's the there's South Africa, which is right down at the bottom. Of Africa, so that's those are the two easy ones. Now I think I could probably point out Egypt and maybe Somalia. I think I might be able to point those out. But to be honest with you, I you know I know there's some names of some other the countries that are in there. There's quite a few countries in there, and but I I I, I you know I'm you know I couldn't point them out on the map. So okay, they find these six Republicans that none of them can point you know point to a country on the map. None of them know a country on the map. And and again, you have that first level of deception. How many people did they talk to? Did if they had talked to if we had seen uh, everybody that they talked to that they challenged, and let's say there were sixty people that they challenged, and fifty-four of them could do it. That's ninety percent. But they found this. But they, but they, all those fifty-four, they got, they, they just got dropped onto the cutting room floor, so that the six that couldn't do it could be shown. So they cut it so that they could make it look like every person they talked to was unable to do the task. So we, you know, it's possible that they only talked to those six. It's possible, but I, I have my doubts. Not only do they want the people to not be able to do the task. They wanted to be a little funny about it too, you know. They have a little, be able to have a little fun with them, um, and you know, it's, it's so they're going to have to go through. I'm sh- I'm sure there were plenty of people who could point to the United States. Well, okay, that was that's the first level of 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 deception, and that's what I've talked about before on this show. When I've mentioned you, they they have the power to edit. They have the power to set up the story. The, whatever way they want to set it up to look. If they only wanted to show, you know, they put the show uh, everybody that said it was a dem- Democrat that c- and they could name one. Everyone that was a Bernie supporter could name a country. They're all like that middle school kid that could pop through countries. Bing, 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 bing. Uh, you know, they could do that, and then they could put it up against Republicans and just oh, hello, hello. That could be more blatant, but they could do that. I'm sure. Oh, and they could do it the other way around. They could have all these Republicans pointing out to yeah that's you know that's you know there's France and there's uh, that's Russia that's China that's you know that's the United States there's Canada you know they could be pointing them out and then all the Republicans doing that and then and then split it there and have all the Democrats going uh, duh, I don't know da 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 you know they could do it that way too I'm sure they could get enough footage to do it that way but I've talked about that before but the wrinkle the different wrinkle in this one was something I noticed about the map. The map had the hemispheres reversed. The western and eastern hemispheres, they were reversed. Uh, what I mean is, you, you just picture in your mind a map of the world. Just picture it. Don't Google it. Don't do that. Just picture it in your mind. What was the map that you saw at school, that you've seen in the encyclopedias? Picture it in your mind. Where are the Americas? Are they on the left side of the map or are they on the right side of the map? I would wager that you're picturing them on the left side of the map. 
the Americas, you know, Canada, United States, you know, North America, Central America, South America, you know, we're over on the, as you look at the map, the, Amer the Americas are on the left side. And over on the right side is Europe, Asia, Africa, Russia, Australia, you know, all those countries, the Middle East, on the right side of the map. That's the map that we are used to seeing when we go to school, when we're growing up, when we Google it, when we see it in the, like I said, in the encyclopedia, when we picture it in our mind's eye. That's how we see it. Not Jimmy Kimmel's map. Jimmy Kimmel's map had the hemispheres reversed. The western hemisphere was over on the right, and the, the eastern hemisphere was over on the left. So, you know, Europe and Africa and Asia and Russia and Australia, they were all over on the left side of the map, and the Americas were over on the right. And I would, now I'm not a psychologist, so maybe I'm just, you know, talking out my ass here, but it seems to me then when you reverse a map like that from from what people see you know uh, when they look at that map they expect to see the americas in one in a certain place on the map and they don't see it there i think they get confused i think they look at that map and it's like what am i looking at but that huh i mean i it's it's why didn't they just put it upside down cuz i mean from space there is no upside down there's no right way the earth should look from space, I mean, uh, we we decided that the north and northern hemisphere would be on on the top of the map, and the southern hemisphere would be on the bottom of the map. We just decided that at some point, you know, we just did, and that's how we look at the at the globe. But really, from space, there's no right way to look at it. No. Uh, anyway, I I think that those people had what I called in the blog a, a sort of a mental speed bump. Was that looks weird to them. They're, they're just noticing something is off. That doesn't look like what I, what I, uh, what the map should look like. It looks wrong, and and so they that might set up a little disruption in their brain. It might make them blank on being able to name a country. So I, you know, it's just, I think it's deceptive, and I think that 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 other layer of deception is the fact that they flip the map. I do see that they have earlier. Uh, of these uh, person on the streets videos where they, they ask people to find North and South Korea on the map and the map is set up the way we are used to seeing it. But this one, boy, I tell you, just name a country, any country. And, and so let's, let's flip the map so that it, gets, it adds that little bit of confusion. I think that's why they did it that way. You know, do a Google search of, uh, a Google image search of the phrase map of the world. I did. And of the first 50 hits, only two of them had the Americas on the right side of the map. One of them had it in the had the Americas in the middle, with the other countries wrapping around either side. And so, all the rest of them had had the map set up the way I think that we are all used to. I think the way you were picturing it. I think that's you know it, it's that's I think that was deceptive. Uh, okay, um, just a couple of things before I get out of here uh, about uh, masks. Uh, we're still in the pandemic. COVID is still a thing, y'all. And I'm having fun with masks. I picked up a couple masks that have Marvel comic book covers on them. I think they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have no problem wearing a mask in public. 
I think it's what we should be doing. And there's been a lot of pushback on the masks. And you know, but the people that want the, the, the lockdowns to end and the government to open up again and business to start again, part of being able to do that is to get people to wear masks. That's part of what will do that. Now it's not the pan it's not the panacea. It's not gonna solve the problem, but it's gonna help in the solution of the problem. It's gonna help. Wear a mask. Okay? The president our fearless leader had his, uh, you know, the Trump uh, COVID Infect Fest 2020 in, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma recently, and the turnout was underwhelming. They thought they were going to get this massive turnout, so they had they set up a secondary stage, and this was deal, um, this had to do with uh, the kids on TikTok and uh, K-pop fans all deciding to send in requests for for tickets. And, and 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 it's all first come first served though. There wasn't you know people would get there and so the people that got there was like sixty two hundred people. The auditorium seats like nineteen thousand, and and so these people, you know, the people that got there were the ones that wanted to be there. And I'm sure there were there might be plenty of Trump supporters that wanted to go to it and could have gone to it, but they may have been thinking to themselves, I don't think it's a good idea to be crowding in with other people, especially indoors. And I, because I'm not going to wear a mask, but they're not going to go. So that that might be why. Or they might, he might just be losing his his base. He might just be they're just beginning to wither away because they're seeing, you know, the emperor has no clothes. And anyway, Herman Cain, a Republican, he has run for president a couple of times. He's an African American man. Uh, he's against the masks, as far as I can tell. Uh, he attended the the in, you know the COVID Infect Fest, <laughs> uh, and um, within two weeks, it was announced that he's been sent to the hospital with the COVID. Now, whether he got it from the Trump rally, don't know. Judging by his attitude toward masks and, and social distancing and all that stuff and the, the pandemic, it's possible he picked it up from anywhere else if he doesn't social distance and take care of himself. So he's got it. And I hope he gets through it okay. And I hope it's just bad enough for him to come out saying, hey, everybody, wear masks. I mean, we're even seeing Senator, you know, the Senate Majority Leader, Senator Mitch McConnell, is saying people should wear masks. We've got the Vice President now saying people should wear masks. And even Trump himself has said, yeah, I kind of like masks. He's starting to come around on them. He said, I, I wore a mask. Kind of made me look like the Lone Ranger. Of course, the Lone Ranger wore the mask over his eyes, not over his mouth, but still, I mean, we're seeing that happen. We're seeing mandates come up around the country. Because people still aren't doing it. And I have this little, ugh, it's not an up note to end the show on, but last Saturday morning, I uh, head down to the comic book store. And I stopped at a holiday store, which has, it's a gas station convenience store, to gas up, and then I would go in and get some snacks. Now, this is in St. Paul. At the end of May, the mayor of St. Paul uh, set a mandate for the city any city controlled, any, any government building, and any business that's licensed by the city to do business, uh, masks are required by anybody that goes in the, into those buildings. And this holiday station, this ho uh, it's in St. Paul. So I gas up, I'm going to go and get a snack, I put on my mask, and I walk into the store. Uh, this store 
happens to be, I think, a hangout for police officers, St. Paul police officers, because I often see police vehicles parked in the lot on Saturday mornings, and I often see a couple of them in there or just leaving. And this, this particular Saturday morning, I saw four police vehicles out front, and I walked in, and there were six police officers over at the end of one aisle in their little coffee clutch gabbing with each other. And I walked in, as I said, I put on my mask, I walk in the store, there was at least a dozen people in the store, including those police officers and the staff, and I was the only one wearing a mask. I wanted to scream. I wanted to say, what the hell is wrong with you people? So we have to mandate this. And then it has to be enforced. And some in some states, I think California, some areas in California are now putting fines to this. If you're not wearing a mask, you can be fined like $250 the first time or $100 the first time or something. You, can, you just wear a mask. It's not that big of a deal. Stop being selfish. Be like Batman. Batman said, I wear the mask to protect those closest to me. Now, he's, I think he said that in The Dark Knight. And... He meant, by closest to him, he meant, you know, fan, friends, family, people he loved. That kind of closest to him. But in the, in the age of, this, of COVID, in this pandemic, it means, when I say I wear the mask to protect those closest to me, it, it means literally the people who are closest, physically closest to me when I'm in a situation where I can't social distance. So wear a mask, goddammit. Good night. Good night, Frau Blucher. End of another show. Um, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, be patient. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Uh, stay home when you can. Distance as best you can. Stay safe. And, and remember, sleep with the lights off. Check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.